Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on April 9th, 2023, on the basis of John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our risen Lord. Amen. Do you know that feeling? That, that dizzy kind of feeling when something terrible has just happened, but it, it hasn't really sunk in completely for you yet. Sometimes it kind of feels like an out-of-body experience for you. Like this deep fog has just settled into your life and you can't see things clearly. That, that just had to be how Mary Magdalene was feeling because she had been through the ringer the last few days. She was there at the cross when Jesus was being crucified. Now, witnessing a crucifixion was horrifying, even if you didn't know the person. They would typically do crucifixions by the road, so sometimes you might accidentally walk by as a crucifixion was going on. And that's an image that would stick in your mind, even if you didn't know the person being crucified. And so for Mary, this had to be unimaginable. The kind of thing that you have nightmares about for the rest of your, your life. And that's the scene that she has in her head. <laughs> that's the scene that she has in her, in her head. Jesus dying there, Jesus' lifeless body being taken down from the cross, and she was there as his body was being put into the tomb, but she had to wait. Saturday was the, the Sabbath. She couldn't go and honor Jesus until Sunday. She couldn't go and properly mourn over Jesus' body until Sunday, and so she just had to sit with all of those images and pictures in her head, replaying them over and over again, it had to be horrifying. If you've lost a loved one before, how did it feel the next day? Or how did it feel the day after the funeral? I'm guessing not so good. Death is always a punch to the gut, even if it's expected. Even if your loved one has lived a nice long life, death is always a punch to the gut. And for the loved ones that are still living here on earth, it takes some time to readjust, if you ever do. It takes some time to accept the new reality, if you ever do. And Whether we consciously think of this or not, when a loved one dies, it reminds us that, yes, one day we too will die. Mary Magdalene had been punched in the gut. And then Sunday, the day that she had been waiting for, she goes to the tomb with a bunch of other women there, and she finds the tomb empty, and it feels like another punch to the gut, Things are just compiling on top of each other now. We're just pouring the the pain on Mary. Not not only did she go through the horrifying things that the few days before, but but now there is no body there for her to mourn over. There's no way for her to honor her, her Savior. Somebody must have taken it, she thought, and it seemed like an insult to an already massive injury. It's kind of the pain that a military family might feel. If their loved one dies in combat and they can't recover the body, there's no body for them to bury. 
And it seems like an insult to an already massive injury for the family. And there's plenty of studies that would show that it actually affects their ability to, to mourn. This is what Mary is going through on this, on this Easter morning. Have you ever felt like Mary before? Uh, maybe it was at the death of a, a loved one. Maybe it was something else, but it, it seems like you're getting punched in the gut again and again and again. Like, just when nothing else could go wrong, it does. We see a couple different reactions from Mary here, right? And they're kind of on polar opposites a bit, but you can kind of see this in the grieving process for, for us, too. Uh, first, Mary gets to the tomb, sees that it's empty, uh, and what's her first thing that she does? She has to go do something, right? You, you kind of equate this to the person who, after a tragic event, they just got to keep busy, right? They just got to keep doing things. Mary was that person. She, she took off, and she went, and she told Peter and John what they had seen or, or what they hadn't seen um, more accurately. And, and Peter and John, they hear what Mary said, and they take off. They run to the tomb. We get this the funny little anecdote. Did you catch that in the reading? That, that John is a faster runner than Peter. He's the run, one writing that gospel, and he had to include that he beat Peter to the tomb. And he said it in two different places there, too. And, and so they get to the tomb, and, and it seems like Mary followed them back. Maybe she wasn't running quite as fast as John, right? But she, she made it back there. And, and she's sitting down as, as Peter and John are investigating what, what's happening here. And as she sits there, you just imagine her cycling through everything again and again and again. And it starts to, to sink in a little bit, but it's not sinking in in the sense that she's gaining clarity or peace. <laughs> Everything, the, the horrifying things that she had seen and now this horrifying reality of an empty tomb are, are setting in and she's crying. And, and not just the, the single gentle little tear rolling down your, your cheek kind of cry. She is wailing. All of her emotion is coming out of her she can't hold it in anymore. Mary is in a deep, deep fog. This fog has descended into her life and she can't see things clearly because her Savior is dead and it seems like his body has been, been taken. There's a really interesting detail that, that maybe you picked up on in the, in the reading there too that kind of alerts us to Mary's mental state at this time, that tells us, yeah, she was in a fog. You know how most people uh, greet the presence of an angel? If you were to, to do a case study and just kind of take all the different places in Scripture when an angel shows up, you know what the reaction is? Fear! They're scared! This angel, it's a holy being, and you're in the presence of a holy being. People are afraid, and, and sometimes they, they seem to come out of nowhere, Right? And so the angel's first words to people are, are typically, don't be afraid, because people are afraid, right? Not Mary. And it wasn't because she was super courageous. She peers in the tomb. She sees two angels, one sitting where Jesus' head would have been, one sitting where his feet would have been. And you know what her reaction was? No reaction. She's despondent. The angel had to, to speak to her first. And the angel said this, Woman, why are you crying? And she says the same thing that she muttered to, to Peter and John. It, it seems to be the only words that she can get out of her mouth at this time. 
They have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. If she's looking at the tomb this way, then, then she turns, and standing there is Jesus. He's standing right there. But she doesn't know it's him. Either Jesus is concealing his identity from her, he's done that before, or the fog is just that thick that she thinks he's the gardener, actually. And Jesus says to her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? It's, it's like he's trying to give her a little hint. Just say my name. Just say my name, right? But she still thinks he's the gardener, so she says this, sir, If you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Then, with one word, Jesus lifts the fog. He looks at her, and you picture this with with all the love and all the compassion, just in this one word, just in her name. He says, Mary. And she knows. She knows that this is her teacher, the one that she had, had followed around for the last three years, the one who she had witnessed perform awesome miracles, the, the one who she had, had listened to his teaching and, and taken that teaching to heart, she had experienced his miracles in her life. She herself was demon-possessed when she met Jesus, and Jesus cast out seven demons from within her. She knew that this was her Savior. He wasn't dead. Someone hadn't taken his body. He was alive. And the pieces are all coming together for Mary. Now she's gaining some, some clarity here. She realizes that, that the empty tomb wasn't a bad thing. The empty tomb at first to her, it felt like a punch to the gut. But now she realizes the empty tomb is the greatest thing ever. And she looks at her Savior, her risen Savior, and she says, Rabboni, which means teacher. And now she has a dizzy feeling for a whole different reason. She's not confused. She's overjoyed. A risen Savior makes all the difference when you're facing death or when you're facing the death of a loved one. Without Jesus, death has its sting. Without Jesus, death casts a thick fog into people's lives. But Jesus took the sting of death for you. And he rose to life, showing that he has destroyed death. Paul says death has been swallowed up in victory. Death no longer has a sting. Jesus has taken it away by his resurrection. It's like a wasp without a stinger. You're not afraid of that wasp anymore. Jesus' resurrection means everything has changed. That all who believe in him will live even though they die. Can I tell you about someone named Peggy? Some of you know Peggy. Peggy was a member of of ours that went to heaven just this last year. Uh, I got the privilege to to get to know Peggy pretty well, and I got to visit Peggy quite a bit here in in her last days um, before she went to to heaven. And she had been admitted to the hospital because she had had cancer, and I had been there to visit her a few times, but uh, this one time was, was different. It was special because it seemed like she was, she was going to go home sometime soon there. Now, if you were walking into a situation like that, right, and you, were going to, to, you have to bring a little devotion and bring uh, some, some words of encouragement to share, what might you expect? 
Maybe some of you have, have visited somebody right before they have, have died and you've, you've witnessed different things. Here's what you might expect. You might expect uh, maybe some, well, you definitely expect some tears, right? A lot of sadness. You'd expect maybe even some anger, maybe some fear. Just a whole mix of emotions going on, right, in that room. Well, I got to, to Peggy's room that had been in before, and most of the family was around at that time. And I had a few passages of Scripture in mind that I wanted to share uh, with, with Peggy and with the family there too. And I don't, I don't even remember if I got the first one out before Peggy, uh, she started telling me the verses that she wanted me to read. Um, and she knew them all by heart. That was what was really funny. She didn't need me to read them. She could have recited them to me. Uh, but she just wanted to hear them one more time. Now, there, there was definitely a weight in that room. There was definitely a gravity to that situation and some sadness and tears there too. But you know what else there was? There was joy and there was laughter even in that, that moment. Uh, we sang a couple hymns and, and I don't think any of the family members could get words out because they were crying and I was there too. <laughs> but if you were standing outside the hospital room, you know who you'd hear singing the loudest? Peggy. <laughs> she was singing the loudest out of everyone. She didn't even have a hymnal. She had it all memorized. It was a peace and a hope that made absolutely no sense. It was, the, it was a confidence in the face of death that made no sense. But then again, it did. It did if you know that Jesus has been raised from the dead. That's what Jesus' resurrection means for you. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Uh, if you like the content that we're putting out as a church, could you do us a favor and could you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast? That helps us get seen by more people more often so that more people will hear about Jesus. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today and, and we hope you tune in again next week for another sermon.